Hallelujah. Well, something that we always need to be asking ourselves is asking of the Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because it's easy to whinge and complain about all of the problems and all of the things that aren't going right. But as Christians, as believers, we need to be asking God, what are you doing? What are you doing? In everything, even when things aren't going well, God, what are you doing? Holy Spirit, show me. Um, And right now, one of the things he's doing, man, is he's pouring out his spirit as people worship him in spirit and truth. And if you haven't noticed, in, in this church, we like to worship for a long time. And in this church, we have one Sunday a month now where we dedicate to just clearing the deck and worshipping the Lord and saying, God, whatever you want to do, we don't have a plan, so come do what you want, right? Um, And I think it's important that we understand why. Why do we do that? So that we can fully engage ourselves if, if we belong to this church, if we're coming to this church. Um, I love the songs that we sung today. I love what Maddie said. It's all just tying together so beautifully. Isn't it wonderful how the Holy Spirit does that? Today I want to talk about pure worship. Um, and we'll start in John 4. 23 to 24, and Julianne mentioned this. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, The hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The true worshippers, that means there's fake ones out there, Ooh, ouch. The true worshippers, that's the words of Jesus, not my words. The true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. What's the Father want? He's looking for people that will worship him in spirit and truth, right? God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. All right, two things that we need if we're going to be pure worshippers. We need to worship in spirit. We need to worship in truth. What, what does that mean? In spirit. It means it comes from here. It's not just, it's not just lip service. It's not just reciting some words. It's not just singing three songs. And then sitting down. It it comes from here. It comes from deep within. It's your spirit connecting with his spirit, right? It's, it's, It's more than just noise from your mouth. It's a heart posture that's surrendered to the king, right? Worship with substance, it comes from your spirit, from your mind, from your heart, from your soul, And it's a heart posture that refuses to give a rip about anything but Jesus, right? 
It, it doesn't come from how you feel. It's separated from that. It doesn't come from, you know, how your day was. Okay? It comes saying, you're the King Jesus and I'm here to worship you and I'm positioning myself to worship you. Worshipping in spirit is devoid of your preference. Because worship is a response to God's worth. I'll say that again. Worship is a response to God's worth. So it's devoid of your preference. Sorry, not sorry. I don't care if you don't like the song. God's still worthy. I don't care if the person singing up the front doesn't sound like, I don't know, the best singer in the world. God's still worthy. Right? It's devoid of your preference. If I'm making it about anything other than him, then it's not pure worship. And you know, in the Western church, especially, we can stand there worshipping God with our lips and all the while thinking, I don't like this song, it's too loud, it's too soft, I hate the flag person, why are those guys dancing, why is this going so long, oh my gosh, we've been standing for 40 minutes, why are we still singing? Etc., etc. All of the things that we think. Men, sometimes we miss the whole point. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about the worship team. It's about Him. It's all about Him. And if that makes you uncomfortable, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Because we're going to be a church that makes it all about him. And I don't give a rip about how you feel. I don't care whether you're comfortable or not. I care that he's glorified. Huh, I feel him. Ha! <laughs> ah... We love you, Jesus. Say this after me. The more I feast on truth, the more of his spirit I experience. The more of his spirit I experience, the more truth I experience. Whoa. The more I feast on truth, the more of his spirit I experience. The more of his spirit I experience, the more of his truth I experience, right? Spirit and truth, they go hand in hand. As I feast on the truth, on Jesus, on Christ and him crucified, right? On the, on you know, every week we open our Bibles in church group and we dig into this message, Christ and Him crucified. As I feast on that, 
I experience the Spirit of God bearing witness in my spirit that it's true. And then I also experience him breathing on that truth and making it a reality in my life, right? Empowering me to live it. And then I experience the presence of God and intimacy with God. Amen? And then as I'm experiencing the presence of God and intimacy with God, I experience the Holy Spirit then leading me into all truth. There's this beautiful dance between spirit and truth, spirit and truth, spirit and truth. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So these are the worshippers that we're called to be. Ones that worship in spirit and truth. How do we do that? How do we do it? What does it look like? Jesus taught us to pray. What did he say? Pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we're going to worship in spirit and truth, I think that our worship on earth should look like worship in heaven. Boom. So, should we have a look at what it looks like in heaven and then get about doing that? Let's go to Revelation 4. I've got it on the screen for you if you want it. But you get a gold star if you've got your Bible. (coughs) Sam's like, yes, I'm getting it out. All right. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, and one seated on the throne. This is what it looks like in heaven. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. All right, so we're just painting a picture. What does heaven look like? And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each one of them with six wings are full of eyes all around and within and day and night they never cease to say, 
Someone say, and day and night. They never cease to say. We get upset with 40 minutes. Day and night, they never cease to say. What are they saying? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Right. What are the lyrics in heaven? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. All about him. Nothing about us. All about him, nothing about us. There's a key for pure worship. Don't sing about yourself. Sing about him. There's a good word, Naomi. That cuts out 70% of the songs in the Christian world. We're going to get serious about this? I'm keen. You can sing about yourself at home. But man, when we come together, let's sing about him, hey? (laughs) It's simple, isn't it? Day and night, same thing. People will be like, oh, you keep repeating the same thing over and over. Because that's what they're doing in heaven. They're not changing the subject. Right? Sometimes, man, you'll be singing and you'll, you'll, you'll feel the weight of the Lord on a line. And it's usually all about Him. Right? And you'll feel the Spirit on it. Man, when the Spirit's on it, we keep singing it. Why? Because the Spirit's on it. Because they're probably singing it up there. Right? That's why we'll say the same thing over and over again. It's why we'll get stuck on a loop. It's not because there's nowhere else to go. It's because he's there, because he's on it. Amen? Verse 9. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honour and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne... And worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy, more lyrics, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. This is what it looks like. They move their bodies. There is an active response to the Lord. The king of glory. They're they're not just sitting back in their chair. They're like throwing themselves down. And they're not lying back either, just soaking in his presence. They're like actively. You are worthy, God. I can't even stand up. Throwing their crowns down. They're moving their bodies, right? Where our bodies are created to respond to the Lord in worship. This is not a passive thing. It's not passive.
Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. This is the why. Why do we worship? Because he is what? Worthy. Because he created all things. All things. You sit here because he created you. Your next breath is because he says you can have it. In him you move and live and have your being. I said that the wrong way. In him you live and move and have your being. Everything you see, he created. Everything. Even the chair you sit on. He created the person that made the chair. He created the person that thought of the chair. Right? The sunset, the stars, the flowers, the beauty, the art, everything. He made it. And in him, everything holds together. That means there's only one that's worthy of our worship, and it's him. All right, let's go to Revelation 5, verse 7. Man, this is peppered all throughout Revelation, so... I've just picked a couple today. It says, And he went and took the scroll, this is Jesus, from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints. Whoa, side note, your prayers don't just drift into the atmosphere. There's a bowl. Think about that. The incense that is poured out before the Lord are the prayers of the saints. Something to think about. And they sang a new song saying, more lyrics, here we go. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and your body you ransomed, sorry, and your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Another reason why he's worthy of our worship. Because he gave his life. He gave his life. While you were still a sinner, Jesus died for you. Every one of you sit here in this room because of the love of God pursuing you when you didn't deserve it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your story is. You sit here today because God pursued your heart and because he gave his life to reconcile you back to him. Right? 
He emptied himself and became obedient to death that you might be joined to him. Then you might not be separated anymore, right? It blasts all of our feelings and excuses out of the water, right? Because there's always stuff going on in our lives, always. There's always an excuse that we might throw out saying, I can't worship God because my life's in a mess. I can't worship God because I've got no money and I'm stressed about finance. I've got, I can't worship God because my marriage is falling apart. I can't worship God because my kids are stressing me out. I can't worship God because I'm depressed. I can't worship God because my job, I hate it, whatever. These are all the things that we say. But man, Christ died for you. It doesn't matter what is going on in your life. Again, sorry, not sorry. Christ died for you. You were once darkness and now you are light in the Lord. Life can be tough, but Christ died for you. Therefore, he is worthy of everything that I have to give him. All of the time. When I feel like it and when I don't. When my life's amazing and when it's not. And you know, if, if life is just, if you're like, yeah, but you don't know my life. If it's just that bad, man, you are never going to die. You are never going to die. Man, you're never going to die because of what Jesus did for you. You'll take your last breath here and your first breath in eternity in his presence. Oh, there is always a reason to worship. Always. Verse 10. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. What are we? Priests to our God. What's our first ministry? It's to Him. Our first priority is to minister to the Lord before we do anything else. Out of that, everything else flows. Verse 11, then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. There's a choir. I can't wait till we have a choir. Why? Because there's a choir there. It's not so that we look fancy. It's because that's what they're doing there. All the more, the merrier. Come on. What are they singing? Myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy, there it is again, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. 
to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honour and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Ah, why do we worship? Because he is worthy. Because he gave his life so that you could be forever reconciled to him. What does it sound like? Holy, holy, holy. You are worthy. You receive all the, all, everything, everything, all the honour and the glory and the power, everything. You, it's all, it's all this way, all of it. You know, the Lord has... We are called as a church family to be people of his presence. People of his presence, right? And the best pathway to his presence is worship. We don't, we don't worship to get something back. But it's, it's, it's in scripture. The way to his presence is through your worship, right? Psalm 95, 2. Let us come into his presence with what? Thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Like, key. This is a key, guys. There's a reason why we worship for as long as we do, because it's the pathway into his presence, right? Psalm 100. Make, ugh, these are just a few. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. What is it? A joyful noise. It's not quiet. It's a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. There it is. Come into his presence with singing. If you don't feel the presence of the Lord, sing to him. It's right there. Know that the Lord, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Here it is again. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his holy name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all the generations. The pathway into his presence is worship. You using your body, singing, clapping, thanksgiving, out loud. We are called to be a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Look, man, when we come for Encounter Sunday, 
Come as a living sacrifice. Come, come with your heart position. I'm not going to leave anything in this tank. I'm going to pour it all out because you, Lord, are worthy. I'm going to sing as loud as I can sing. I'm, I'm going to clap. I'm going to dance. I'm going to jump around. Why? Because you're worthy. Because you set me free. Because you love me. No other reason. I'm not, I don't care what anyone else is in the room is doing, but I'm here to worship you. Man, the Lord can do something in, with that heart, in that space. You watch his presence come. Final scripture. Luke 7, 36. This is the, um, I'm not going to read the whole passage for the sake of time, but it's the story of the woman of the city coming to Jesus and anointing him and pouring the alabaster jar of perfume over him. Luke 7, 36, it says, One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at, t- at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster... Alabaster... I can't speak anymore. Alabaster... Flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. There's a picture of worshipping in spirit and truth. It was uncomfortable, it was undignified. It offended, everyone in the room was offended by what she did. Everyone. It was costly. A year's worth of wages. Right? We get the picture. Pure worship, it's not concerned about anyone else. It's extravagant. It comes from your spirit. And this is what we're called to. Glory City, Darwin. This is what we're called to. We, I just feel like we're at an alabaster jar point with the Lord. And it, it's, it's up to you as an individual to position your heart to pour out pure worship on the feet of the Lord. Right? And I promise, when we have men, when there's unity of people doing that one thing, the Lord will be there. He will. So I'm so excited about our encounter Sunday next week. I'm excited about what the Lord's doing in the world. I'm, I'm excited to see us grow as a church family, of people who worship him in spirit and in truth. 
Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's pray, hey? Father,